We're in the season of Pentecost, the sixth Sunday, as a matter of fact. And Pentecost is the time when, in fact, we study and learn about being the better disciples of Christ. It's that time to review the various natures of discipleship, to study and learn and to imbue ourselves with a sense of Christ's presence here and now so that we become truly disciples for Christ. Nice thought. Then we have a gospel like this morning. Now, the tone of Jesus when he sets his nose or chin to Jerusalem is one of a person on a mission. And I have had experiences personally when I felt like I was on a mission, how single-minded and focused I could become, not hearing anyone else around me, intent on going in the direction I had committed myself to. Well, Jesus on this road to Jerusalem, the first thing that happens is the guys, James and John, go into the city. The Samaritans say they don't want anything to do with this guy heading to Jerusalem. The Samaritans were sort of the separated group. They had been apostate in terms of their understanding of the Jewish tradition and were found to be almost the scum of the earth by Jewish standards. The interesting thing is, most of us don't realize, but James and John said, you know, should we burn the town down? And the interesting part is it's a reference to Elijah. Because a town that was apostate in that time, Elisha, Elisha had the whole place burned. So it was in the Jewish tradition. And Jesus rebuked them. One step for the positive side. Then he has three experiences. One, this person says, I'll follow you anywhere. And he reminds the person, well, here's, here's the cost. You can follow me, but I don't have a, head, a pillow to lay my head on. Foxes have holes. Birds have nests, but I've got nothing. Kind of inspiring news when you want to become a disciple of Christ. Then we go to phase two, where another person comes along and says, I'll follow you. And Jesus reminds this person that it's still very difficult. And he says... uh, to the person, follow me, Lord, let me go bury my father. And Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. We got business to do. The interesting part is, he was speaking to a strong, powerful Jewish tradition. Their first priority in the death of a parent is to bury the dead. And Jesus is saying, let the bed bury the dead. More of a reference to let those who are no longer on the mission or journey, who are dead to it, bury their own dead. Very powerful, very disconcerting message to me. 
And finally, the last one says, well, I'll follow you, Jesus. And then he says to him, person putting the hand to the plow and looking back can never follow me. Let me get the phrase right because I think I just lost myself. Yeah, no one can put a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. So here again is another person that's sort of, yeah, I want to do this, but the cost. Jesus is reminding him that there's a cost. It's going to be difficult. You're on this mission with me and I'm on my mission to Jerusalem. It's going to come at a cost. These aren't the very nicest news items that we would like to have in our call to be disciples. Wouldn't it be nice if we were just embraced and held and felt comfortable? Well, the good side of it is St. Paul, when he writes about discipleship and us being empowered by disciples in the spirit, he points out that we are to love one another. And that's the primary purpose for discipleship. But the also, he gives us some interesting perspective. He says, now, he said, there are people of the spirit and there are people of the flesh. Well, in his term, the flesh was really meant human nature. And it's an interesting list, if you read the list through, of what human nature leads us to. Which is fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery. Enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. So we've got a list of things that we're not supposed to be doing. Does anyone read the headlines in the paper? The headlines in our newspapers and through the blogs are filled with all of these attributes. And the interesting part is that sometimes we can say, well, that's the world, but not me. And when I looked over this list of things, all of a sudden I started seeing some issues that I need to deal with on that list. And one is that I have this righteous anger about people who are telling untruths to the point where I'm angry at the individual and can't see that the individual has difficulty. That I'm angry that in fact some of the violence that's taking place in our country is horrible and needs to be addressed. And I get angry about it instead of trying to in fact look at a way of coming to grips and dealing with the real issue. My anger separates me from the response as a disciple to love and to commit myself to make changes that embrace one another as opposed to maintain the factions. In my anger, I become a factional person. So our tasks, while seemingly simple, are not as simple once we look at the truth of the headlines and own our own part in some of that response in our culture. 
Now, this is a great phrase, and this is something that you can take home and work on. I saw it on a bumper sticker some time ago, and I was reminded just recently of that. It goes something like this. If you are put on trial for being a Christian, is there enough evidence to convict you? (laughs) Sort of like the gospel read this morning. It's got a very negative tone. But in point of fact, do we in fact imbue our Christian discipleship in such a way that we empower and can be seen as God's mediators? as Jesus' followers amongst one another, most difficultly amongst our foes. Those who we find easy enough to hate and dislike, so we're right and they're wrong, which is factionalism. The hardest challenge we have is to be Christians in this world. And yet, This is what Jesus said, get on the road, get on the way. As a matter of fact, our presiding bishop says we're on a Jesus movement, which calls us to be loving Christians, which calls us to be reconcilers, which calls us to deal with our own issues so that we're not separated in our own human nature from God's love for us. This is the challenge of our discipleship. This is the challenge that we are asked to review and understand through Pentecost. How do we interact with our world in such a way that it has the opportunity for change, both for ourselves and for another? That is the real challenge. The difficulty of this gospel is that Jesus is really on the Jesus movement. He's looking forward to Jerusalem. He knows what's going to happen to him. We don't necessarily have that luxury and we pretend not to get too much involved so that we have to suffer the discomfort. One more thing that I forgot and I apologize going back, but when the guy puts it, you know, they said something, when you put your hand on the plow and you turn around and look at things behind you, what that reference was is there was a one-handed plow that the person used. And when they did turn around, the furrows went off in different directions. And I think often when we look back, when we try to go back to a time past as something romantic or something as worthwhile or something valuable, we forget about the road ahead and we forget to keep ourselves straight. Our discipleship calls us to be lovers in a world that's not very loving at all. In a world that can make accusations about everything unchecked and not have a willingness to sit down and dialogue and talk and hear differences anymore. Remember one of the beauties of going to college was I go to a class and I'd meet my peer students at, the, at a lunch hour, and we'd be arguing over who was right in understanding what the lecturer said that day. And I remember getting upset, and one person grabbed my arm and said, no, 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 no. He says, the more we argue, sooner or later we're going to find out 
what really happened. It's in our disagreements, it's in our challenges, it's in our dialogue that we find nuances of God's love present. May we be disciples of Christ. May we follow Christ to Jerusalem. May we be, may we be powered, empowered to pay the cost so that the love of God can be known.